0: You're listening to the FUVFC podcast on WFUVSports.org.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into another edition of FUVFC. We're talking soccer in the Bronx. Christian Hoven with Luke Fiore and Evan Jannikin on the ones and twos. We've got a lot of good stuff to get in today. We're going to start with MLS, uh, MLS playoffs. We've got the uh, conference finals coming up, the second legs tonight, uh, November 29th for those of you keeping score at home. We're going to talk about the Premier League, the results from the last weekend, uh, some interesting results to get into. Spurs thrashing Chelsea, United, nil-nil with Crystal Palace, which is hysterical.
0: Liverpool 3-0 against Watford.
1: Yeah, but they should beat Watford <laughs> 3 so we're not really going to get into that. A tough team. Um, yeah. Top 10 team. Then we're going to get into the Champions League, the results from uh, yesterday. Um, PSG thrashing Liverpool, Spurs thrashing Inter. Not exactly thrashing. I know, I did that on purpose. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff to get into. We're going to start with the MLS. So we've got um, the second leg of the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Uh, the first leg of Portland Sporting Kansas City is what I want to talk about first because that was a fascinating match because everybody kind of assumed Sporting Kansas City were the best team in the Western Conference all year. And our when we talked about this matchup ahead of time before the first leg, we all kind of assumed Sporting KC would get through without a lot of incident. Portland were fantastic at home in the first leg.
0: Yeah, um, Portland definitely had the better attacking opportunities. They really... It's
1: pretty unlucky.
0: Yeah. They they ultimately hit the post twice, um, and then they had that other goal... Um, Called off on VAR, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: unfortunately. So, VAR works, folks. Yeah.
0: But the way the MLS does it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get the ESPN to send you that <laughs> they have taken back the goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but now
2: it's VAR. It's affected the MLS playoffs. What, like three, four times. Yeah, it happened in the Red Bulls game, too. The Red Bulls game, NYCFC game, that happened. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, Portland, I think, played far the better game, um, and it'll be Mm -hmm. interesting taking this energy into Kansas City on such a short week.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got got the second leg coming up tonight. Uh, Evan, you're more the MLS expert than me and Luke. What Mm -hmm. what do you think going into the second leg? What are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I think Espria and Blanco, Sebastian Blanco, are pretty much the keys for... uh, Portland at this point, I mean, they just have so much experience, especially that back line, like Liam Ridgewell, all those guys uh Villafana, I mean they have so much experience that I think people forget to play that into uh, play that as a factor, i guess in the m l s playoffs that experience just uh especially with a back line, you know what I mean, but uh, yeah, I think Blanco and Espria if they can continue to create chances, they definitely have a chance it's gonna be tough with sporting k c at home considering
0: Sporting KC does not lose a lot at home but yeah uh, yeah, and just to go off of that Portland Timbers did win the ML the entire cup in 2015
1: yeah I mean it's an experienced well-constructed roster in Portland but there's just so much talent in Kansas City and they've been Mm -hmm. so good all year I think it would be somewhat surprising if Portland won tonight but I think it's going to be a hard-fought game I think I don't even know what to think because like I said, going into the first leg, we all had pretty well-formed opinions that sporting Kansas city. were going to get through without a lot of incident, but the, the experience of Portland in the playoffs, they've been in the playoffs a lot recently. Mm-hmm. They've got a very experienced roster who have been around MLS. Even if they haven't been on Portland, they've been around MLS and in the playoffs a lot. And we see it all the time in Europe, you know, te- the lesser talented teams who are more experienced in the champions league beat, Better less experienced teams in the Champions League because it's a lot of pressure, you know. When you get under the bright lights, Sporting Kansas City playing a do-or-die game at home, all the pressure's on them. Everybody's assuming they're going to go through. It's perfectly in. I, I would think Sporting Kansas City would win, which makes it perfectly set up for a Portland upset here.
2: I mean, it's a very even game in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it's up for grabs completely. And if you want to play the flip side of the coin, I mean, look at Sporting Kansas City. They also have a lot of experienced MLS yeah. players like Beasler and Opar
0: have been. The backline for that team for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, and Graham he's mm-hmm. been Graham there. Zuzzi, yeah. I mean, and just the the atmosphere in KC. They're and another. fantastic fantastic. They're atmosphere. like Columbus or not necessarily Atlanta, but it's nothing is like yeah, Atlanta. But they are one of those stadiums that is solely soccer. They're a big soccer town. They don't really have any other teams other than the Royals, who aren't doing too well. But um, yeah, it's it, the fans there are really one of the best fans in the MLS yeah so I mean I'm gonna despite Portland's really great play in the first leg I'm gonna lean a little bit to sporting Kansas City but I'm not counting out Portland victory i not in a long shot I think you if they go 1-1 Portland advances too mm-hmm. so I yeah. mean Portland does have the edge here because they are they could get that a crucial away goal yeah and, I
1: think I think that's probably the most likely scenario where Portland advances is like a one-one or a two-two draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's going to be tough to beat Sporting Kansas City at home, Absolutely. but they can get a draw at home. They've got yeah. the talent. If even if Sporting dominates the whole match and gets an early goal, Portland's got the talent to steal a goal, to steal an away goal. So I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario for Portland to advance, and I think. It's a decently likely scenario.
2: Yeah, I think if they could just keep that possession even like they did in the first leg, it was pretty Absolutely, much 50-50. Yeah, 50. yeah mm-hmm. that's that plays a big part because sporting Kansas City is so good, like with possession, you know. I think they had the highest percent possession over the course of the year. So yeah, I've got sporting Kansas City in this
0: one, but not by much at yeah. all. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was kinda of feeling sporting Kansas City a little bit ago, but you know I don't know. You know Change what? Of heart.
1: I'm going Portland. Let's okay. do it.
0: Yeah, go for it, Luke.
1: All right, I'll take I'll take sporting uh, in a I'll take sporting in extra time. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. My predictions are n- either n- going to n- be nil nil after ninety. I'm either going to be two for two or over two today. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the, in the Eastern Conference, um, we uh, the first leg was in Atlanta between Atlanta and uh, New York Red Bulls, and it went about as well as you would expect. Three nil. Uh, I expected a little bit better. I think it was three nil uh, Atlanta. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about the tactics of this match because it was fascinating to me. Um, Luke, you were saying earlier off the air that uh, Red Bulls were trying to set up more defensively. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. It it was just a little bizarre. They didn't
0: look like they were coming out on the attack. They looked like they wanted to just kind of sit back, mail it in, and just hope for like a nil-nil draw, which... I don't really understand that's that strategy. Yeah, that's not how the Red Bulls play. I mean, yes, they do have the best defense in the league, but Atlanta also has the best offense in the league. So Atlanta's home, not letting letting them score even one goal would not be great. I mean, it wouldn't be terrible, but three goals is definitely terrible. And then on top of that, not scoring that crucial away goal. So all that that would – I mean, Atlanta's potent offense could just come into – Red Bull Arena score one goal even if the Red Bulls scored four they would have to score fifth goal to advance which is just it's just absurd I mean uh, I don't know but you know then again the Red Bulls did beat um, they did beat Atlanta towards the end of the season at home without Bradley Wright Phillips without Tyler Adams so there is a chance they did beat Columbus 3-0 in the second leg in the previous round. So while while Atlanta is not Columbus, I acknowledge that um, they still have a chance.
1: Yeah, I, I, they they absolutely do have a chance. And uh, speaking of the ta- of New York Red Bulls' tactics in the first leg, I loved Atlanta's tactics in the first leg. Um, moving Darlington Nagbe into the center of the mid midfield and pushing Miguel Amiron up the pitch was just such a brilliant attacking move, and it ended with a three nil victory at home, which is huge. That huge late goal by Viaba just really sealed it. If it were two nil. Coming back to uh, Red Bull Arena, I would give I'd, Red Bulls a I'd chance. Take Red Bulls, probably, but that mm-hmm. that Villava goal in the 90s, thats a, yeah, dagger a dagger on a yeah. short we week. The Red Bulls were probably feeling pretty good to up two nil. They or were just down two too nil. Comfortable. All, they, all game. But, For no reason.
2: Yeah, I just don't get why they ditched the press that they've I, been
0: they using just, the entire season. Yeah, the strategy that gets you to the playoffs should be the one you kind of
1: keep through the playoffs. Yeah, and, and it a, made no sense. I, yeah. I love Bradley Wright Phillips, but he he's not gonna score when you're set up like that. Yeah. No, like he's he's not the kind of he's not the kind of guy who's gonna something out of nothing one against the entire back line. He's more of score. a hurricane, but better. yeah, he, I would he, say. yeah, but better, <laughs> a little better, yeah. <laughs> He's Ray like Christian, the better version yeah. of Harry Kane. <laughs> he's, you know, like, he he's, a like, he's like he's if Harry Kane couldn't pass. It's a, Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, if if Harry had, Kane pass? Mm. He's the best passer in Europe, but that's ah, not okay, either here We'll get right to that Jorginho, <laughs> i throw out a lot of knees. I saw that thing that you
2: retweeted Ryan. during the week, Christian, yeah, of
1: his yeah. long passing yeah. ability. So. It's but we'll incredible. get to that later. So we've got the second leg of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Just quick rapid-fire predictions. I'm going to
0: say the Red Bulls win, maybe 3-2, maybe 3-1, but probably Atlanta advances. I've got a draw. I got 2-2. Two, two. I think Red Bulls get a go- goal early, but I think Josef Martinez
2: and Almirón just completely overwhelm them after that.
1: Yeah, I think I think probably Red Bulls to win the match, Atlanta to advance to the MLS Cup finals. So, it sounds like we're we're uh kind of lining up on Atlanta Sporting in the finals, which probably, which probably Red,
0: Red th- Bulls Portland. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then the other big MLS news from today is David Villa leaving NYCFC, apparently for Japan, though that really Mm -hmm. hasn't been too confirmed yet. Um, Either way, no matter where he goes, if he retires, if he goes to Japan, if he goes to China, back to Europe, he's leaving NYCFC, which is a huge blow to NYCFC after losing Vieira... Now they lose and David Pirlo Villa. And Pir- well, Pirlo, Pirlo, did. Pirlo was yeah, horrible. Yeah. He was bad. <laughs> but, I mean, half half I just the having the name yeah. like Pirlo. But, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger blow for NYCFC than I think even losing Vieira was. Mm. And it's a big blow Certainly. for the brand of MLS losing their biggest star in
2: David Villa. Yeah, I mean, losing Patrick Vieira midseason pretty much, like, stumped that team for the rest of the mm-hmm. year.
0: Dome couldn't get it right all year. So <laughs> I think losing Villa could be even more catastrophic. And then— between Pirlo, Vieira, Via, and then also don't forget Jack Harrison left yep. yeah, to that go back the to Man City of my heart. yeah yeah Jack Harrison I was a Jack phenomenal Harrison. player loved him. um but I think that Via retiring wouldn't be as detrimental as him necessarily leaving and him leaving wouldn't be as detrimental as him leaving to go to Japan which is an interesting decision because as as we've seen Zlatan just left to go to AC Milan. Which, Which is a puzzling move
1: for AC Milan, but whatever. I don't.
0: I mean, Zlatan still like Zlatan's skill set isn't really. He can't run. Yeah, I mean, no. but he he couldn't really run that much ever. But <laughs> pairing fair. him and Iguain are they're two good finishers. Zlatan's skill set doesn't really diminish. But anyway, um, I think that going to Japan is interesting because I understand a move to China. The MLS barely pays their players. It's it's sad. It's the league's not going to grow unless they start paying them. Money comparable to the other international leagues or even the other American leagues, where they can recruit American players rather than playing football or baseball, or basketball. But Japan is just an interesting decision, and I'm not sure why Villa would do that. Um, I know Fernando Torres and Iniesta both left for Japan this past uh, transfer window, which I was also I thought was a big hit to MLS because those are two guys that would fit into MLS perfectly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think th- I th- yeah I think the I. Iniesta and Torres going to Japan probably would be what pushed Via there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he probably doesn't. He probably wouldn't go to Japan if those two weren't, hadn't gone ahead of him. And I think that you're right that Iniesta and Torres going to Japan instead of MLS is really a blow to MLS's brand as well. It d- it wasn't really talked about when they both did that, but mm-hmm. it's because it's brutal. You know, because MLS is the retirement
0: league, not Japan. Schweinsteiger, (laughs) Zlatan, Rooney, like they were—they were racking them in, and now Zlatan's leaving, Vias leaving. Who was the face of? He was the guy who
1: they started NYCFC. Yeah, for a for yeah for for a while now. I mean, it's a lot of big names have been coming from Europe, and you know, Kaká and Drogba um, had success in MLS, and Ibrahimovic, and a lot of names. And the only one, Thierry Henry, uh, Thierry Henry, Mm -hmm. the only one who's still playing well. In Rooney. MLS is Wayne Rooney, and he's he's incredible. doing incredible. Well, yeah. well, I mean, but yeah, he's w-
0: not that. He's really not that old. He's only like thirty two. I know. Which, it,
1: I think that's probably has to be if MLS is going to insist on bringing in aging European players, they need to bring them bring them in younger, yeah, bring I mean, them in when they're Rooney's age, when they're when they're they still don't get have... them, don't get them when they're at the end of their careers in Europe. Get them when they're at the start of the end of their career. in Europe. <laughs> Yeah, like just because Rossi is now. Yeah, because Wayne Rooney. Like he was, he was okay at Everton. He wasn't, he wasn't Wayne Rooney of old, but he wasn't awful. Yeah. Like he wasn't unplayable at Everton. He was getting minutes, he scored a few goals. And when you bring in a player like that who can restore themselves to their former glory in MLS, that's much more conducive to long term MLS success than bringing in. andrea Pirlo when he has literally no knees but yeah. now what
2: do you think of somebody like al Marone or Jose martinez getting shipped off to europe now or yeah that's from? the thing you know I mean? so
0: the the main thing with mls is they really just can't pay their players because i mean the attendance just isn't there except for atlanta really mm-hmm. and i mean that's the main problem they because there's so much competition from other major sports leagues that are the best of the world like NFL, MLB, yeah. those are the best of the world. MLS is not even close. They're probably not even at the EFL championship. And, and in and a th- big
2: market like New York, you don't even have a New York stadium. Like, you know, you have the one in New Jersey, but that yeah. doesn't really count. And then and, Yankees, the players are playing at Yankee Stadium. And, and, not- and
1: the problem the problem with bringing in players like uh, bringing in the European players or even with bringing in young talent like Martinez and Amirone is that they're not bringing in young American talent. Yeah. So Miguel Amiron and Joseph Martinez have no allegiance to Atlanta or MLS. They didn't bring them up through their academy. They didn't. Yeah. They're Miguel Amiron is from Paraguay, Paraguay and yeah. Martinez is from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. no. They've. They have every reason to use MLS as a stepping stone to Europe. You can't blame them for leaving yeah. for Europe. And, and now, like, even with you...
0: um Jurgen Klinsmann, he wanted he specifically wanted his players to leave the MLS and get yeah. quote unquote yeah.
2: Like, how to make the MLS attractive if it's the, the th- thing I is,
1: I, th- I, think, I think I think Jurgen Klinsman was right in that at I, that time yeah. and I think the only way MLS is going to grow is I think if they do it in conjunction with the US men's national team if they focus on youth development in the in the United States we were talking about this off the air Christian Pulisic if he had stayed in Hershey Pennsylvania he would be the upcoming number one pick in the next MLS super draft. He wouldn't be scoring goals in the Champions League.
0: Well, he's he's nineteen, right? He he's, wouldn't he's not even at the age of graduating college yeah, yet. Like, like I mean he'd, he'd
1: he would be playing college soccer right now and he'd be whatever team he was the, playing on would be the number one team in the country, but he he wouldn't be scoring for Dortmund in the Champions League. Like that's yeah. incredible. The thing is
0: with with America, see, in Europe for soccer and even in like Dominican Republic for baseball and stuff like that. They end up not really going to school and just playing their sport, either baseball or soccer, which is not really. I mean, America doesn't prioritize that. I and, feel like. And,
1: and MLS, tr- MLS tried to build a league that resem that more resembled the other yes. American sports leagues with than the, the European soccer leagues, with the draft, with the emphasis on college soccer. Weird and, yeah, it's stuff like that. It's just not the way soccer works internationally, it's not. and. By the time they
0: graduate college, they're 21, 22. I mean, you look at Kylian Mbappe, Trent Alexander-Arnold, John yeah. Luigi Donorama. Those guys are like 19, 20 years old. You're yeah. taking yeah. away Christian some Pulisic. of the best years. Yeah. yeah, the best years of their life. Whereas the drop-off in baseball or football or other American sports is 26, 28, 30. Soccer, it's
1: it's younger. It's 25, 26. And, and then after that... And then the, the best young American players on USMNT play in Europe. Not just Pulisic, but like Josh Sargent, Timothy Weah, uh, Weston McKinney. I mean, these guys play in Europe because when you're 18 or 19 and you're in Europe, you play or you get loaned to a team that's gonna play you, like you're gonna play at a high level.
2: And then you look at like supposed homegrown talent, like Zach Steffen. But what? He only played two years in college, and I think went over to Germany and yeah, then came it, back to Columbus yes. Crew, and is now getting sold for 10 million to Manchester City. So right. what kind of precedent does that set?
0: The thing is, the league. I love Zach a, Steffen. Yeah. A needs to pay more money. I mean, it would be great if they were subsidized like the government, like China. But we all know that's not gonna happen. But they need to pay money at least comparable to other American sports because. The thing is, Americans have so many options. They could choose from basketball, football, baseball, lacrosse, stuff like that. So the money in football, basketball, baseball is so much more than the MLS. So they have incentive to play for these other um, leagues, which are more attractive to Americans because people don't really even care about the MLS that much. And they would have to leave to go to another country to get paid or to be at the top of their game. So the MLS just needs to completely rethink everything that they're doing if they want to be ever ever able to attract foreign-born players at a young age or even keep Americans before going off to Europe.
1: So the next thing I want to get into is some great discussion on MLS there is uh, across the pond we're going to go to the uh, Premier League and we had some interesting results of the weekend. The two that I want to focus on um, are... Liverpool. We're not going to talk that much about <laughs> Watford Liverpool. I'm We're going to talk the about the closest 3-0 <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. Manchester U- Manchester United uh the 0-0 draw with Crystal Palace. We are now through 13 weeks of the Premier League season. Manchester United sit in 7th place, 7 points out of a Champions League spot with a goal differential of minus 1. How it's many just ex- pathetic. How many excuses can Mourinho possibly The thing is have? I I, I wish Jackson were here, and
0: I love yeah. the fact that it's just every time you think Manu is, like, they're going to fire Mourinho. Yeah, they get the nil-nil draw against Crystal Palace. All right, great. But they come out, and they're, they're 0-0 be- against Young Boys until right at the end of the game they score. Mourinho is throwing the water bottles or whatever. <laughs> His job is saved until the next screw-up, and then somehow he'll get saved again. It's just, I feel... It's comical because it's, the, yeah. it's terrible for the Man U fans, but it's wonderful for all of us who are not Man U fans. Oh, it's poetic. Just seeing the cycle. It's like, again, it's like being a Mets fan. It's just the inescapable cycle of disappointment until Mourinho's gone. Um, that's the only. That's the only way possible. And as as a Liverpool fan. I, I'm just completely enjoying it. I mean,
2: have you seen a team with that much talent just being constantly held down by their manager's dumb decisions? Not, Especially not since with Brendan the... Rodgers
0: was at Liverpool. Well. <laughs> well. All right. I'll see where... I mean, just bringing in Alexis Sanchez and as like your your main guy in the transfer window last year, and then now he's just sitting the bench. It's yeah.
1: just it's just so wonderful. It's mind-boggling. See. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. All right. So the, the other um, Premier League result from the weekend is the, the Spurs-Chelsea match. The significance of this is, I mean, it, w- it was at White Hart Lane, and, and, or White Hart Lane, it was at Wembley. Spurs were at home, no. and they won at home, which in and, of, in and of itself is not super surprising. But what is surprising is the fashion in which they did it. They yeah. just absolutely dominated Chelsea. And the, it's the fact that that was Chelsea's first loss to the season. Yeah. yeah. Well, lost they lost all, to Man City in the, the Shield game. Or... Okay, we're not counting that because <laughs> that's not real. Everyone but there, forgets about once, that. Once the regular season started... Yeah, That was their first loss across all competitions. And as painful as this is to say,
0: I mean, a lot of people were just considering this a three-horse race in the Premier League. Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. But now, you look, Tottenham is now in third place. Third place. They have completely blown Chelsea out of the water, and they'll force themselves back into the discussion for this Premier League lead. Yeah. Yes, I was f- ask I think ask
2: you guys if this was like a testament to Chelsea just playing poorly, but I no, think that I, was just th- Tottenham well actually Chelsea did play best, so. I think that was poor. their defense was their, their defense, oh, was, their defense oh, was abysmal.
0: <laughs> it was it was Rudiger played terrible. It was oh, weird. Lu- it Lu- it was might a weird have been game. worse than David Luiz. Luiz
1: and Rudiger were awful, but yeah. what I will say about Spurs in that game was Pochettino's tactics in that game completely neutralized jorginho and kante mm-hmm. they yes. were non-factors i mean jorginho, and that's if you're
0: gonna that is literally the game plan you gotta like, go with if you want to stop chelsea because those guys everything runs through the, they don't necessarily have they have got hazard but they don't really have they've got Giroud or murata at striker they, they don't necessarily have that true striker like kane the
1: the the best midfielder on the pitch and that spurs chelsea game for the full 90 minutes was musa sissoko
2: I was going to say Sissoko, too. I wanted to mention his name. That's insane. That's the best soccer he's played, I think.
1: The Spurs-Chelsea game was the best soccer that Musa Sissoko had played for Spurs until Wednesday when he until was Wednesday. absolutely incredible oh and he set up the goal against goal? Inter. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. I, I do believe that Spurs have forced their way back into the conversation. And I think it's it's Spurs at the start of the season were you know, they weren't playing great. They were kind of out of form because they had a lot of players tired. It's, they had the most players from the Premier League at Spurs the World do. Cup. They were, kind of, they were out of form, but they were getting results, and that kept them in it. And now that they're back on form, Sun's back on form. Deli looks good back from the injury. Christian Erikson's Erickson. back from his injury looks really good. Harry Kane appears to be back on form. Now that, they're, that attacking, the attacking prowess of Spurs is back... Now they can make that run. Nobody's going to beat City for the time. I think this City team is better than last year's City team. I don't oh, think anyone's coming yeah. close yeah. No, to yeah, City. They just but don't. they, they can make what? a think push. <laughs> Pray for <laughs> yeah. anyone that City they, plays. They, they, can, they can make a push for top three. They can make a push at Liverpool for second. I don't think they'll go past Liverpool for second. I think Liverpool are pretty firmly entrenched there. But they can make a push on Liverpool. I think they're the third best team in the Premier League. And I think they showed that against Chelsea. And they're going to have another chance to show that at the library this weekend against Arsenal. The library is what Spurs fans call the Emirates, by the way, because it's so quiet.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, um, this game against Arsenal is going to be another big test because... Arsenal ended up tying Liverpool. They've been playing great. Arsenal they have since playing playing well. like September. Yeah, they they're playing really good. And Aubameyang and Lacazette are lethal together. Oh, and
2: yeah. now putting Aubameyang up top is making him even more dangerous. Yeah.
0: And is is Foyth going to be playing on? No. Yeah, I I think it'll
1: probably be Vertonghen, um, Vertonghen and Out of your old. Okay. Well, I mean, th- those are two sense. of the
0: most experienced center backs. I mean, but Lacazette and Aubameyang is just they they're they're really scary for any team you got to face. So, this will be if Arsenal can come. I mean, if um, Tottenham can come out with another win against Arsenal, then I think they, they've completely righted whatever doubts yeah. that anyone has had at the beginning of Absolutely.
1: the season. Absolutely. And I, I I like to see them getting contributions from players other than Harry Kane. I like to see Sun Young Min score. I like to see Delhi Alley. <laughs> Delhi Alley has been fantastic this season and Mm. he's not over the past year or so he hasn't been scoring as much as he did that season where he scored like 25 goals across all competitions but he's been dropping back more he's been creating more he's been fantastic so far this season I was glad to see him get the he always scores against Chelsea and and you know
0: Kane's gonna start scoring even more towards the end of the season I mean he's he's
1: he's been off form for the first 13 weeks and And he's he's got seven goals yeah Yeah. uh he's been out of form and he's he's still scoring that much all right time yeah, whatever. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Even though Salah has not been playing well yeah, at all. Yeah, okay. Um, so you can no, say that. bad, not bad, <laughs> Certainly um, not. Okay, so then we're going to talk about the uh, Champions League a little bit. So we're going to mostly focus on the Premier League teams in the Champions League. Mm. Um, so the big results from yesterday, um, Spurs 1-0 at home against Inter. Um, Liverpool uh, losing 2-1 to PSG. Those are the two big results. I'm going to, for 90 seconds, set your watches, let Luke Fiore yeah, have the floor on the PSG-Liverpool game, and go. <laughs> All
0: right, so the thing is that Liverpool completely were the better team throughout the game. They did not play well in the first half, but PSG did not have a good game overall whatsoever. They played pretty poorly. Their defense was very prone to mistakes. They gave up the ball inside the box multiple times. Um, it just wasn't a great game of soccer. They also stalled literally, I think, every play. Someone went on the ground, stayed down there for two minutes. Because at the second half, they knew that Liverpool, it was a matter of time before they were going to get a goal or something, which they eventually did not. But, I mean, they you could tell that PSG was just going to sit out that 2-1 lead and try and take it to the end of the game. To that point... um. I'll talk I'll, I'll leave the penalty uh for just a little bit later but Neymar did not have a good game um despite him scoring a goal he was not good he was completely neutralized that rainbow kick we were talking about it before the game um before the show but y- you could do that if you're the one scoring the two goals or three goals you're having a you're completely dominating the defense but it's just it's just shameful When you're having such a bad game, when you're on the ground for at least a twenty minutes combined, I would say Neymar was probably on the ground for, which is not an overstatement in the slightest. But I might be over my time limit.
1: No, that was you. You've got three seconds. Okay, Uh, Uh, you know what? All right, your time's up. We'll talk about the penalty. I I will say this: I I saw a lot of complaints after the game, specifically from Jurgen Klopp in his press conference about uh, PSG time wasting and uh, laying on the ground a lot. And to that, all I have to say is. Liverpool had one shot on goal, and it was the penalty. Yeah, Liverpool, no, did, Liverpool, not, Liverpool did not. Liverpool did not deserve a result. They did. No.
0: Uh, they, yeah, uh, they completely Sealy's dominated game. the game, and
1: everything except shots. They, they just were not good. Solid. They, they only had fifty-seven percent possession, and they had they had eight shots, one on target. PSG had twelve shots, eight of them were on target.
2: I mean, Mane played well. I think it was Mane, more of a testament to Thiago Silva. and Thiago uh, yeah. Silva Penbe.
0: was completely gassed at the end. You could see him breathing so heavily at the end of the game. But he played the game of his life. I, he, <laughs> I, didn't, his I don't life, think he but. played that well. I think Marquinhos had a better
1: game yeah, than Marquinhos Thiago Silva. Marqui, Marquinhos, Marquinhos? Uh, the, 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 that midfield of PSG was... But Marquinhos uh, it just was playing it just, back as a center back. Yeah, right? yeah he, was, he was playing... He dropped back. Yeah, he Kim dropped Pembe back a dropped lot. He a terrible game.
0: Kerr, I thought, had a wonderful game on the... I think he was playing right back. He was yesterday. playing on the right. Yeah, he was. He had a wonderful game. Um, but I think really everyone had a great game for Liverpool, except Van Dijk did not have a great game. I will concede that, and Salah still is not in form. I,
1: I will say this about Liverpool: I think that everybody did their job well on Liverpool. Mm-hmm. It, but I think that that particular midfield trio that they started—James Milner, I'm Henderson, and Wynalda—they're is... three very talented players in their own right, but not, not a creative a good, attacking bone it. in their body. Yeah, I I really am not a fan That's... of
0: Jordan Henderson. I think I, I mean th- I think I they're all very the captain, good, and I uh, yeah, but it's either Milner or Henderson for yes, me. You can't and, you can't, and I think both. Milner's far better than Henderson. So I think Henderson and... needs to sit the bench, and they need to bring in Keita. Or Shakiri, I think Shakiri. Yeah, or the- Lalana, even. He's an attacking midfielder. Shakiri's
2: one of those players who, like, when he's surrounded by quality, he is, yes. like, more yeah. quality. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He can't I mean, run a team, but when he's playing alongside such good players, I think he should have been brought on a lot earlier, in my opinion.
0: I, but maybe that's I agree. just me. But, yeah, at the beginning of the game, they were playing defensively, which is why I understand why they had those defensive midfielders in. But definitely Shakiri should have been in for longer and i i would like to say i love the sturridge substitution i'm a big fan of daniel sturridge without coutinho he's the guy and without sala being in form he's the guy that you want for crucial goals like the goal he had against chelsea in both the uh the carabao cup and the uh the league game and then shakiri too those are the two and mane those are the three guys i want scoring the goals <laughs> So,
1: so quickly to move off that um, to the other uh, Champions oh, wait, League results from yesterday. No. We're not, Maria should a red time. card. We That's didn't even it. have time. We didn't even have time. So red, just cards, have a red card. Every game. Varati <laughs> should have
0: <laughs> had a red card. Neymar should have had at least more than a yellow. Okay, so
1: so quickly on Neymar, that rainbow was the most baller thing of all time. It was not. If, but he were if you were playing well know. that game, it, it could be. <laughs> Spurs enter <laughs> one nil result, and the one thing I do want to uh, discuss. Um, about that match is what how it sets up the final game week, and we're going to get back into the the Liverpool group after this. Verratti and um, Card. <laughs> mm. The Spurs Inter matchup. So Spurs beat Inter. It wasn't a very particularly exciting game. The most exciting thing we got from it was Christian Eriksen super sub goal created by the best midfielder in the history of the world, Mr. Sissoko. Mr. Sissoko, goal. who the last week has been playing like if N'Golo Conte were six foot two and two hundred right. pounds. Like, that's what he's looked like the last five days, which is a huge testament to Mauricio Pochettino and his ability to develop talent. We're not even going to get into that. We're going to get into the last game week. So Spurs go to Barcelona. Barcelona are through. Barcelona have won the group. Inter have PSV. Where is that match? Is that in Milan or in the Netherlands? Either way, Inter have PSV, Spurs have Barcelona. They're even on points, even on goal difference. They've each won their home fixtures in the Champions League. Yeah, Luke I, believe Fiori. It's,
2: I believe it's at Inter.
1: It's at Inter. Luke Fiore, do Spurs have a chance? Yeah, there's no doubt that Spurs have a chance, but I think it's a really
0: small chance. Inter at home and Barcelona at home. Now, Tottenham would not only have to beat Barcelona, but they would have to beat Barcelona by more than
1: Inter. Beats PSV at home. Yeah. Whoa. Well, they're even on goal difference. So or, if, if, or Barce- they could if Spurs tie. beat Barcelona by the same amount that Inter beat PSV, then it goes to away goals from their fixtures, and Spurs would go through on Spurs that. Spurs would go through because, because they they, yeah. they they lost two one at the San Siro. Regardless, um, I think
0: Inter will beat PSV by more than one nothing, probably two nothing. Yep. And I would say that Spurs m- probably tie or lose i don't really see a scenario where they win at barcelona the
1: scenario i see spurs winning is if um barcelona decide that they've already won the group and it's not worth it and more than one of messi suarez and coutinho sit i don't think they're gonna sit they're probably not. not gonna sit all three of them and they probably won't even sit two of them but I think sitting two of them is the way Spurs get a chance. I
0: think maybe Coutinho says. But I think Messi and Suarez. I think, I think Suarez the most likely playing.
1: to sit, uh, actually, the most likely to sit in my mind was going to be Suarez. Um, but either way, Messi's not sitting, so I think that's the biggest problem for yeah, Spurs. Yes, yeah, we saw how he
0: was against. PSV yesterday he just completely carved up their defense. Yeah. Oh, he does what he wants. I mean, he just yeah. pulls the trigger so quick that you don't can even see. <laughs> <Yeah. look. laughs> that Before movie did it at it. the weekend where
2: he,
1: where he a no-look nutmeg Filippo. <laughs> <laughs> that was just insane. Yeah, he's back to his dominant self, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I I really don't see a scenario where Barcelona win. Um so that would mean Inter needs to tie uh in order for I mean um for Tottenham to win, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. In at Barcelona. So that means uh Inter would need to tie and Tottenham would need to tie and then Tottenham would end up going on which mm-hmm.
1: I there's a slight
0: chance of that but I think it's way more likely Inter advances.
1: All right, so we got to wrap this up um quickly the last game week we've got Liverpool and Napoli at Anfield um so very quickly just round robin who gets who gets through in that group. I'm confident that Liverpool will
0: win 2-0 at home against Napoli. Or 3-1 at home against Napoli. They'll get the two goals that they need uh, in goal differential to advance. So... I'm confident Liverpool's going to advance. Are we ready to say that PSG is better than Red Star Belgrade? I'm ready to After say that PSG is,
1: is, is I, I'm ready to say <laughs> that PSG is better than Red Star Belgrade. I don't Belgrade. know. It's amazing a that lot they got
0: of four team... points in that group. That's I like, mean,
1: Red Star Belgrade... But they're minus nine on goal difference. I know, but they still pulling out four, four points. But that's because they is,
0: lost like 6-1 to PSG, I think. I feel like it's kind of like how They're other a tough team to like play the when they're home. They are a tough team to play at Belgrade. Very tough team to play. So I wouldn't... I mean, I'm not... You never know Lazio and Liverpool had a lot of trouble with those uh with Red Star when when they were in Belgrade. So you never know. I mean, I but still like Liverpool would need to win by would need to win at least by one goal.
1: I don't I just don't see where the is going to come from for Liverpool.
0: I mean, it's they it, haven't been convincing. They me. beat PSG at home. So I think then there's reason to believe that they can beat Napoli at home.
1: I I, I think they absolutely can beat Napoli at home. I just I don't really see where that goal's coming from. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think Liverpool's biggest problem has been for a while that Roberto Firmino is very good, but he's not a lethal finisher. He's yeah. not a lethal finisher. I I've, the, I've been saying the, they should uh, play him at center attacking mid and yeah. put Sturridge in at striker. Yeah. He's not a lethal finisher the way City have lethal finishers, the way Spurs have Kane.
0: Especially with Salah not in form, you yeah. need
1: someone. I mean, Amani still with Aubameyang, but I think Liverpool lack that lethal finisher and I think that's going to be their problem. I, I think that they they could probably beat Napoli. I don't know if they're going to get the, the two goal advantage that they need to go through. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Napoli to go through in that group with PSG. Um, so we got to wrap this up. Um, it was another good episode of FuVFC. Um, if you would like to get angry at us for our MLS predictions or our Champions League predictions, yell at us on Twitter. We're very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. For Luke Fiore, Evan Janickin, I'm Christian Hoban. Have a good day.